Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another brand spanking new episode of the one and only Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, available on all devices, whether it be a phone, tablet, fire stick, radio, walkie-talkie, uh, Mr T in your pocket, we are there for you to listen to uh, and I am joined as ever by my co-host Ricky, good evening to you Ricky. Good evening. Speaking of phone, I got a new phone. <coughs> iPhone 40. I, I got the 11. Right. Quite enjoy it at the moment. When did you get it? Today, got delivered. Oh, delivered to your house? Mm-hmm. Was it delivered in an Apple cart? Nope. Delivered because Ricky doesn't go shopping into these shops. I tell him to come to my house and bring it to me. I just buy the cheapest Android I can uh, without any contract and just that's it. You get the SIM yourself. <coughs> yeah, it's just Although, good. The good thing about having an Apple phone is that Caleb doesn't have an Apple iPhone, so he can't FaceTime me. But he can message. Shout out to Caleb. Message Shout out to Caleb. Caleb, Caleb, I've not heard from you in a couple of days. Like, it's been quite quiet. One or two little messages. Message me. Do you know Caleb and Rance agreed with each other on Twitter recently? Bring back SMC. <laughs> That's right. Remember those days? They were like Caleb was on it like once. Uh-huh. Back in the day when Carl would actually podcast every week. Yeah. He was back last week, shock horror. Mm. Get back with it. Right, we've got a busy night ahead of us. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a minute since we did the listener questions. These are usually quite fun because it means little to no preparation from us apart from a delightful tweet from Ricky, us acknowledging them then, acknowledging them, and then hoping for the best when it comes to it. Ricky is the transition king. Uh, I'm trying to think of a joke for that, but there's nothing. So, Ricky, you are the transition king. Why don't you hit things off, kick things off with a good old-fashioned listener question? The floor is yours. It always is. Oh, fuck's sake. Right, so we'll start this off. I'm gutted, because this is a really good question, but I've just not watched it. Not had a chance to go around watching anything. Comes from the boss himself, Mr. Jeremy Donovan, one half of J&J Security, keeping it strong style. 
Uh, he asks thoughts on NWA power. Uh, it says, I've not watched any of it yet. I've heard good things. I will start watching it. Like I say, it's just kind of been a hectic week for me, being back at work, because I was off all last week. Not really had a chance to do much. Um, but yeah, floor is yours on this occasion. Like, I know you've watched it. Yes, uh, I am thoroughly glad that you asked this question, Mr. Donovan, Mr. Bossman. Uh, I originally had no intentions of watching this purely because I just didn't want to add another hour of wrestling into my weekly viewing. However, at the weekend there, the wife was away working for the weekend and I had some spare time and I thought, do you know what, fuck it, I'm going to watch some of this NWA and see what all the fuss is about. Nice and easy to access on YouTube so far. So... It's very accessible from that side of things. Neg- I'll get the negatives out of the way just now because it's it feels like it's it shouldn't be a big deal, but it is, and it's the wrestling itself on NWA. It just feels like it, almost all the matches so far. We're only three episodes in, so it's one of those ones where, for me, I don't know a lot of the wrestlers on the roster. Um, some of them have probably been wrestling under different indie names or for Lucha Underground but a lot of them I'm not sure who they are so it it just feels like I'm watching a squash match and I wasn't aware of the fact that it was a squash match beforehand so a lot of the matches don't have stakes it's as if it's a dark match Um, so there's nothing for me to sink my teeth into and it's just it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is it's just not great wrestling so far uh, but the stories are t- starting to take shape in the form of Tim Storm um, th- th- there's a man that I can't, I struggle to feel sorry for, a guy who feels sorry for himself I can't get behind that and he keeps going on about how Mama Storm loves him uh, this is a 51 year old guy who's talking about being a mummy's boy I'm not sure if that's I'm not sure if I should be sympathetic towards that or not Mm. A mother's love is priceless. I will accept that, but it's just oh, a bit cheesy. It's a bit too hokey for my liking. But I do kind of feel for him in that he's he's had this legacy. He's lived it for an X amount of time, and it's slipping away from him. You've got all the young guys. It's one of those ones where you've got all the young people coming in, taking over from him now, and he's struggling to deal with it, which is fair enough. But you've got Tim Storm. And Magnus is still looking out for him. And Eli Drake is floating about in the tag team scene with Tim Storm. So the tag team division's slowly but surely fleshing itself out. The women's wrestling, I would take out of the equation with regards to the feeling of it being just matches for the sake of matches. I'm quite enjoying the women's matches so far that they've had on. Um, so they're the negatives, just... It's as if I'm just watching, I feel as if I'm a robot watching the matches. But the presentation, this um, studio wrestling, is fantastic. It's really cool. Um, The promos that these guys have been cutting have been sensational. Ricky Stars, Eli Drake. Eli Drake actually has the cadence. He sounds actually like The Rock. I would urge you to check out uh, an Eli Drake promo from NWA Power, Ricky. You just listen to the voice, close your eyes and think that's The Rock talking. So he's oozing charisma. He's slowly but surely inserting himself into the title scene. Um, but the presentation, it's good stuff. You've got all the... It's a real callback to the wrestling back in the day. Wrestlers are interviewed sometimes before and or after their matches. 
given a chance to show off more of their character. The Joe Galley, I think his name is, he is a colour commentator slash interviewer, and Joe Galley has got some balls about him. Safe to say, he's there's this thing going on with Magnus's uh, insurance policy and Camille, who hasn't spoken a word yet, and it. Such a simple story, but that's what's having a lot of people on the edge of their seats. Just simple stuff going on, and we're all begging to see what, when, and what Camille's going to say when she eventually speaks. So that that's the thing. Even though the wrestling's not amazing, there's more, far more than enough to gauge my interest and keep me coming back. And the stuff that they do at the start, where they show Twitter tweets of people saying how much they love the show, um, video podcasters and vloggers showing their reaction. It's a good sense of community and it gets people involved and it's it's a sort of thank you back to the fans that have slowly but surely watched them rise and there's, they're quite humble about it all. Um, certain other companies are less less humble when it comes to the start-up or reinvigoration of a brand. So it's good because I'm, I'm endeared to see how they get on because they're just starting, literally starting from the bottom up and working their way up. So good stuff so far and I'm very much looking forward to next week. Yeah, I'm going to start watching it. Um, definitely, I'll fit that. And somehow, um, what's got, what kind of interested me was when you say that you're not like involved or emotionally involved or invested kind of thing in the matches. You know, they're just mm-hmm. kind of. I, I sometimes feel like those kind of matches are the best kind of matches to watch. Um, I, I, I know where you're coming from especially with your mindset but these matches aren't even work rate heavy either They're... no it's fine I'll still, I'll still watch it like I said I've heard, I've heard enough good things for me to want to watch this mm-hmm. um, I'll see I'll see where it leads to whether I watch it continuously or not um, but yeah I'll definitely try and catch up with this at the weekend um, I know Thursday's kind of generally busy with NXT and AEW so I think it'll be quite difficult. Um, maybe Friday, probably the earliest before I get to actually sit down and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll watch it for the first time. But, um, moving on to the next question that comes from friend of the show, Mr. Rob Ropes. He asks, way too early Royal Rumble predictions. Who you got? Okay, it is very early. <sighs> If Cain Velasquez is in it, I could see him winning it. Oh, fuck that. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I don't really know. Um, they won't go Roman. Um, wouldn't surprise me if someone like Kofi win it. I'm going to put my name in the hat. Well, I'm not putting my name in the hat. I'm going to go for Sasha for the women's. Right. That could lead to Sasha and Bailey. Very much could, yep. I'd be into that. I will go a little left field with the women and I will go with let me see. I mean in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised. I could I wouldn't be surprised if I'd done something like Carmela or something like that. Right. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of Sonia Deville, but I just don't see that happening. Not yet, but there's still time. Um, 
I don't know actually. I, I wouldn't mind if it was Sasha, because then that would probably lead to Sasha and Bailey, and that'd be quite fun. But at the same time, I'm, hope, I'm kind of hoping it is someone maybe a little left field. Uh-huh. Because it has been four horsemen dominant like, for a long time, especially these last sort of couple of months. It has. But with... And that's not a bad thing, it's just nice to change it a little bit. It's true, it's just, I think from a main roster story, we've still to see the big blow-off match between Sasha and Bailey. Mm-hmm. And what better way to have that with Bailey as the champion and Sasha as the Royal Rumble winner? Give it a real good build because they've got it. Yeah, it'll in be them. interesting. And what will be interesting to see if there's any kind of because they normally have some returns, whether someone like Nia Jax comes back in into the fold or what. Not, I'm not saying I want that or anything, but something like that could happen. You know and. Speaking of like kind of surprise returns, it leads us to the next question, and it comes from oh, hold on Mr. A hold on, I've still to pick the men's. Oh, sorry. I'm going to go for Daniel Bryan. Yeah, we're good. Again, no, no issues with that at all. No issues at all. So, yeah. Surprises, etc., which we normally get at the Royal Rumble. So we got a question here from Mr. Otis Section. Who called us pricks as well. Yep. Um, and shit, I never... Otis, I'm sorry. Never even asked when we were talking to you on Twitter. I never even asked what your name was. I asked you everything else, bar your actual name. Um, he asks... Is it me or am I the only one who doesn't get excited by returns or surprises anymore? For example, Drew returned last night and I just had no reaction. I think um, at Otis section, the question you've got to ask yourself is, did you care about Drew McIntyre in the first place? Because uh, it just depends who your favourites are. I'm sure that if, from looking at your Twitter account, you're a massive Otis fan, if he was away for a few months because of injury and then he came back in a big segment, I'm sure you would be over the moon with that. So it's just down to who your favourites are. Drew McIntyre, I was happy to see him back. It's, it just, because it's, there's a lot of injuries going on, there's a revolving door policy with that respect. And because the returns are scattered throughout the year, they lose impact. But it just depends on who your favourites are. Sasha's was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I pop for that. I think what you said is pretty much spot on. Uh, but I also think that sometimes you kind of, you can't help but feel like, well, how are they going to mess this up now? If you know what I mean. <laughs> there's so many, you know, there's so many people there. There's almost so many spots, and we all want certain people to be in certain spots. Sometimes, so sometimes you're just like kind of happy you're back but less, like they might just fuck this up in a couple of months time uh, like I know I've always said when CM Punk ever returns to whatever ring it is I'll, I'll be popping like mad for that so yeah I think it is I think it's more so how did you actually feel about Drew beforehand is that how you feel about generally about most surprises or surprises or most returns I suppose it's at the same time, I think it's it's sometimes difficult to keep returns and surprises under wraps now. 
So sometimes the cats are already out of the bag before it actually takes place on Raw SmackDown. There's even so maybe maybe the excitement isn't as fever pitch as it could have been. WWE even have videos now where they give updates on injuries. So it gives you an idea of when someone may come back or may yes. not be coming back. Yep. So yeah, I think it's a a, a number of things really. Um, I would I would kind of agree. Um, I genuinely didn't even realise Drew was back. Now I'm a big Drew fan. Um, because I popped like a madman for Trampa coming back. So did I. I shot a pop like crazy for Sasha coming back. I popped the very first time we saw the fiend. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's other times that I haven't popped, and like this is Drew being one of them. Um, I went crazy when Finn. I was just. Idea about popping mad when Finn came back to NXT as well. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's just a case of maybe Drew might not have been one of our favourites or might not have been as as, as, as well liked as you initially thought. But I also do, I know from my personal experience anyway, that I, when I say it, is that sometimes I do genuinely think, like, yeah, this is good, but fuck. In a couple of months' time, I'm going to be hating it. Just kind of like the way I feel towards the fiend in a moment, just at this moment in time. <laughs> and it's not that I hate him; I just hate the fact that not getting into that whole thing again. But I just hate how it's all went down and how it's probably going to play out now. Yes, I the fiend. You you worried about this from the start? I said it from the get go, and I said it to Murray. I was texting Murray and I says, "Can if they fuck the fiend up, then I'm pretty much going to be done with the main roster." <laughs> and 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 it wasn't me being dramatic or me being such a brace, Dan. It was a fact that it was like, look how great this thing could be, and just don't mess it up. Uh-huh. And it loses for me, if you've got these big massive returns of people and it's a character we've never seen anything the likes of before, only for it to fizzle out. What's the point in the big hype? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's where I come from as well on this. Um, so, moving on. So we've got a couple of real loaded questions coming up. I'll give you this one. Fully loaded. <laughs> um, it comes from one of our semi-finalists. Which hopefully will be released soon, that episode. Once we get it recorded. <laughs> once um, we organise it. <laughs> Mr. Sussa. <laughs> uh, I would say I would give this to you. The floor again is yours. What was the best stretch of 205 Live? Um, before you dive right into it, I think there's this could be... You could, you could go different ways. Two diff- I think you can go to different avenues with this answer. I think the... Neville pack rain. I thought that was just some of the absolute best stuff I've seen on two fives, like from a character standpoint and how great he is in the ring and stuff. And then to the post Enzo stuff as well, um, with Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander, etc. So I'll let you dive further into it, but I think that's I think you can go either way there. Just give me one second while I. What was the other one you said? Sorry? I'm trying to Google a time period. It was the Pac Neville title reigns. Um, 
because he had a couple of good matches with uh-huh. the Tazawa and then had these stuff with Austin Aries as well and then I say is the post Enzo period that it was like highlighted by Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy and um, Cedric Alexander yep it's I'm just trying to double check the time of this because it, this is one of the mid card things that I thoroughly enjoyed as well that was going on during it Sir Sam, I knew the answer to this straight away and Ricky feels the same way. It was definitely the Neville period. A close run was when you had the stuff going on between Ali and... Oh, I just called him by his new name. Fuck's sake. Fuck you, brainwashing WWE. Um, Mustafa Ali and Hideo Itami. They were getting some... Hideo Itami was going down a right dark path for a while and that was quite good. But Basically, the moment that Neville turned heel, when Neville the championship, just destroyed Jack Gallagher, destroyed Rich Swan, had a really long, lengthy programme with Austin Aries, and there were some moving parts for that one as well, where Jack Gallagher was siding with Austin Aries, and Rick, uh, Neville was using, what's that fucker's name, TJP as his sort of puppet, his attack dog, only to throw him away at the end of it all. Just all that stuff going on with Neville was fucking fun. Basically, that was the kind of stuff that was going on that made me want to write about 205 Live on a more regular basis. In the mid-card at that time, you had stuff like Rich Swan and TJP having a friends, good friends turned bitter enemies stuff going on. And the series between Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak, where Drew Gulak was writing about the no-fly zone and Ali... Mustafa Ali was diametrically opposed to all that shit so they ended up having a 2 out of 3 falls match which was easily in the top 3 matches of 205 Live's short history but the Neville stuff by a country mile that character work was devastatingly good yeah I'd agree now if you want to go if we're talking about the in-ring stuff then I think it's Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy etc but at the same time, Neville's uh, character work was sensational, and that WrestleMania match he had with Austin Aries as well mm-hmm. was really, really good. Uh, they had a, an I Quit or a Submission match, can't remember which one, but it was oh, that was hard-hitting stuff. Excellent. Mm. Um, right, so moving on now, this is where we kind of get into the heavier stuff. Uh, Murray asks two questions. We're not going to answer both, and I'll explain why. First one doesn't really need an answer, it's just a bit of a prestate question. Which team has the racist as a captain at Chow- Crown Jewel again? Both, both. Yep. One's a racist alcoholic and the other one's just a big old fucking racist. Uh, is, yeah. th- is that one where you put the, the spider, the two spider men pointing That's at each that. other? That's your answer. Mm-hmm. Um... And question number two, dear Lord. What have you opened? My goodness. If WWE were to have their own G1 climax, who would be in it? 40 fucking people Murray wants us to put on this. (laughs) A block for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and NXT UK, and then finish it off saying, good luck. So... We spoke about this, mm-hmm. and Murray will not answer this fucking question. 
what we are going to do though at some point is do it in a podcast and just focus on that question and how we'd book it and etc but 40 seems excessive Murray so we're probably going to whittle it down to the proper Go G1 format mm-hmm. so, but and then maybe maybe pick 5 from each brand mm-hmm. something along those lines um, put it this but way yeah, we'll wait for this in a podcast and answer it properly and give reasoning for how we've seeded people or how, how we've put people in the groups and how we've decided who the each winner of each block is etc etc Aye, watch this space, ladies and gentlemen. There will be a, a special project in the works close to maybe the time when Santa's coming for some light-hearted talk about their old wrestling. And we'll say no more on it. We'll keep it stoom just now. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell your pals. But there's going to be a nice wee project in the works soon. <laughs> and if we were able to pull in two G1 gurus, that would be excellent. I wonder who you're talking about. Yep. I was going to say some sort of joke, but I'm not going to disrespect these two guys like that. Love those two guys. <laughs> if you were to disrespect them, that would be the kiss of death. It would be. It would be the kiss of death. And, I'd, you know, insecurity would escort you from the network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway <laughs> so we will be tackling that question though down the line I think that's a pretty good question we get to and we can dive in um, go really deep into it and I think the fun thing would be that which five from each brand would we be taking over because there would be a lot of talent missing out there would but that's the, um, that's the nature of the beast I already have an idea who I would be taking over from each brand I've thought of a few from Raw. I think I've pretty much got all mine, to be honest. <coughs> so here we go. Now, Rance asked us a real couple of... Oh, fuck's sake, Rance again. Questions. Does it, is so, it just his intention to fuck us up? Pretty much. <laughs> here we go. Mr. Ray Cash himself. Love him, man. Love him, love him. <laughs> right, so first question. You have two choices to get Kofi Kingston a championship. Which do you pick and why? He turns heel with the New Day or he goes solo to finish his quest? What's your answer? Look, Xavier's, Xavier Woods is out, is he not? With the Achilles. Mm-hmm. You can make a storyline how Biggie and Kofi kind of drift apart. Kofi go does does what he does because it was Achilles and it could be out for a very long time, right? Then you could ultimately do a full come full circle, reunite the new day the way they were brought together in the first place by by Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. bringing them all together and highlighting all the other things that's been going wrong and what they should be doing etc etc and how they can stronger together and he could be the one that brings them all back together I, so your answer is stay a good guy stay a good guy go off and do the solo thing and then ultimately even if he loses the title or it doesn't you could ultimately have Xavier Woods at some point return and 
basically, like I said, come full circle and reunite when you did the way they were brought together in the first place. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Coffee's got the acting chops to pull off a heel turn, and I think a heel turn would be there would be a mass rejection of that idea. It would be. I think it's doable, but it would be difficult, but just because of how how over he is and was and what the title reign meant and what it meant when he won it, etc. So you can't even turn around and be like, you didn't support me. And it's like, well, you know, Aye. a lot of us did, if you know what I mean. Like, I think that would be know, leave a sour taste in my mouth if that was to happen. Yeah, I'd rather have went off and done his own thing. Like, I quite, like, I'm not saying it just because I said it, but I do quite like him going off and doing his own thing and Big E maybe going off and doing his own thing, being in the mid-card or whatever. And then Xavier Woods eventually turns and says, "What the heck, like you know, what we're doing? Like we were at our best when we were all together." Yep. The power of positivity, people. So, um, so moving on to Rancy's next question. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna leave that one first, right? So he goes, "What are your dream matches that are currently possible?" This is a random one. This is quite loaded as well, this question. But it's a random one, but I want it quite badly. Last week on NXT UK, Jordan Devlin called himself the best sports entertainer in history. Yep. Who else calls himself the best sports entertainer? Best sports entertainer? No idea. Who does? A certain Mr. Thomas Champer. So he does. And both guys can cut quite the promo. And as we saw from that, you, the Jordan Devlin David Starr vignette promo video thing, Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. Honestly, um, I was looking forward to this match. I was, because it's on this Saturday, the 26th. Which, yep, 26th is a Saturday. Um, David Starr is the guy that, if no one knows, is the one that said shit about. WWE or like all these big companies etc and how he, he's staying on independence because he loves the indies and the indies are for him etc etc and whatever and Pete Dunne had some shit to say about him as well and some of the stuff John Devlin says in the, in the promo just like is, there's a reason why you hate the big companies, there's a reason why you have an agenda against WWE, is it maybe because the amount of times you've tried to get a contract with them and try to speak to them etc and they've rejected you every single time Mm-hmm. Just some real personal stuff we were getting seen and the promo was just fucking five minutes of absolute fire. Um, right. Devlin said, I, I hope you do. I'm, I like your um, Save the Indies movement. I hope you do save them because you're going to be wrestling in them for the rest of your fucking life. Uh, just, like... Brutal. Honestly. Brutal. Honestly, like, the hype, my... my I'm, I was hyped beforehand. I was really looking forward to this match. And now, like, fuck, man. I can't wait for this match. Cannot wait. So, um, so that's why... Cat Sunday morning, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's why Devlin and Champa, who can both cut fine promos and say some scathing stuff, um, I think it would be a fantastic rematch up. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Devlin move further up the card now next to the UK as well. So would I. Like... I would have absolute zero issue if he's the one to dethrone Volter. None whatsoever. Mm-hmm. None. I think he's just. I think he's fucking just spectacular in the ring. I think he's 
there isn't anything he can't do. And well, I think he's sensational yeah. in many ways. I think I think he, I think just as, as a bastard of a heel that you don't like, he's got that cockiness, the arrogance, and and just uh, the nastiness to him. But I also think he could probably be a pretty decent babyface. But like I say, he's been absolutely loving his work for the like, last nine months or so. Um, and obviously he's beaten Volter as well in OTT. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, honestly, see, if you've not seen this promo, just go watch it. Uh, and then just fucking get hyped for the match at the weekend. Um, but yeah, going back to Ranji's question, let me see. I wouldn't say it's a dream match, but, you know, it can. it's obviously going to happen, but Finn Balor and Adam Cole, looking forward to that. Um, in terms of dream matches, hmm. It's not so much I of mean, a dream because it's, like you said, it's also going to happen soon, but Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler. Yep. Um, I've said it time and time again. <laughs> Omega and Moxley. Like, mm-hmm. It's happening. And it's just going to be sensational. Um, yeah, let me see. Um, well, uh, uh, this match already did happen, but it was Naito versus Mox as well. And I know I'm talking about a match that did take place, but that was a dream match for me the moment uh, Mox was, came in New Japan. I was like, I can't fucking wait for that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one match I think of the entire G1 that I was most excited about. Um, but yeah, let me see. Let me see. Um, I really want Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, and I know we've had that I, before. I but I really, really want that again. It's it's come to the stage where I need it. Like it just doesn't now seem like they're going to do it, and it's just like, what the fuck? It, uh, uh, maybe, well, maybe it will, but this this, um, this encapsulates professional wrestling versus sports entertainment. And I think that dynamic is quite fascinating. Yep. Um, I need that so badly. And I need Brian to be a heel for it. I'm trying to think. Because um, I know Okada made a comment the other day talking about AEW. I'll paraphrase kind of what he says. I think it was basically saying, well, I would like I would like the opportunity or certainly look forward to like working with some of those guys in like a partnership type thing mm-hmm. with New Japan and AEW. And I'm just trying to think who <sighs> who Okada said. No, who I'd like to see probably Mox versus Okada. Right. Because uh, obviously Kenny Omega's wrestled them all. Um, Rand's texted yeah, me one Mox. earlier. Moxley uh, versus Okada would be certainly fucking could well be number one actually. Rance texted one earlier to me. Uh, Triple H versus Cody. <laughs> <laughs> winner gets Dusty's heart. <laughs> Mister Winner gets Dusty's ashes. <laughs> fucking hell! Uh, <laughs> intergender match. Stephanie and Triple H versus. Uh, Cody and Brandy. Brandy. Oh fuck! There's the there's the Spider Man's Spider Man picture again. <laughs> um, yeah, no. For me, I would go Okada versus Moxley, and I think 
that's a dream, but it's a dream that, you know, it might actually happen. Partly because Mox is still associated with New Japan, mm-hmm. um, but also based on Okada's comments. But I think, there, I wouldn't say there was any kind of substance to what he was saying, in the sense that anything's uh, in the often. I just think he says it, and like I says, if one of if one of your two biggest stars, if not your biggest star, is saying stuff like that, you know, then you just never know. Uh-huh. Um, Dijak versus uh, Cesaro. Yep. Well, the, uh, do you know what the other one would be actually Goldberg <laughs> versus Matt Riddle, just so I can see Matt Riddle fucking beat the shit out of him and retire that old bastard. Aye. Do you know, and this goes against a lot of what I say, I would pay good money to see John Cena versus Velveteen Dream. That could be interesting. I think that could be very interesting. But only if Velveteen Dream gets over. Only that. And only if we get, like, what was it, 2016, 2015 John Cena? Aye. Not Mr. Sidetread that we got last year. Oh, with a fucking stupid whatever punch that thing is. Do you know how everyone's been followed by him on Twitter? And, mm-hmm. and we haven't? Well, we don't follow him, so... I, well, I think it's because we blocked him. We blocked him, so maybe that's why. <laughs> that was probably last week when I was going through my blocking spree live on air. Oh, no, he's been blocked for a long time. I might just start blocking people again for the fun of it. Caleb, you're first up. <laughs> I might un- no, I would never do that. I might, I might unblock Cena, follow him, get the follow from him, tweet <laughs> block him. Yep, tweet him and say "fuck you, John Cena," and then block him again. Fuck you! You can't see me, and then block him. Uh huh. The goal, you, the goal of you. Um. Hey, one more, one more dream match, one more dream match. Um. Oh, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Go for it. Take a sting. Fuck's sake, man. Walking stick in a pole match. You know why? You know why? Just because... See, more than anything, I just kind of want that face-off. Like, if I See, as soon as I got that, I would just be like, cool, change your channel now. But there's something about, and I don't care what anyone says, and, and there's something about when you see Taker, Sting... Like face to face with one another, like that will give anybody chills. Now I'm not saying the match will be good. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I want to watch the actual match. I just want to see that face off before the match begins. Well, you can always buy 2K20 and do the face off that way. And while they're fucking spinning around in the middle of the ring, and Charlotte's giving out blowjobs to the fucking referee. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> that is a sexy wee video. Let's be honest. It's fucking ridiculous. That referee was doing the old Tom Phillips face fucking act. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe what Andrade, Andrade does that shit in a regular. <laughs> Those two, man, just love fucking one another. <laughs> 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 so yeah, those are mine, but I would say at the very top of the list, mine is Moxley versus Okada, and it's realistic, I think. Uh, I, for me, at the top would be Devlin and Champa. Just for a wee program, doesn't have to be for a title. Just a few weeks of TV. You know, you know, what else could be quite good. Brock Lesnar versus Walter. Aye, but I know Brock is better working like the smaller guys, but 
again, that's just one of those ones where you're like, uh, you know, where you just kind of see them facing off with one another, and you're like, oh, right, that looks like a legit fight. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, Mox and Okada are at the top of my list. Good man. Okay. Now we start to get into the bit of a loaded stuff. We're leaving Rancy's final question. So we've, all got, we've actually only got two questions left. We could probably touch on NXT and AEW from last week if we wanted. Here we go. What does wrestling journalism mean to you and what do you want from your wrestling news? Do you want to lead with this one? Yeah, I don't want anything from my wrestling news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fly, Rance. Um... It doesn't bother me if I don't see any of these breaking news. It doesn't bother me. I'm the wrong person to ask. It doesn't bother me if I get to see any of the stuff that I see. Uh, in terms of what they want from wrestling journalism, like to be honest, I just kind of want. I would just say same with everything. People just to be kind of held accountable. And I'm not going to shit on Meltzer. Like I say, I've said it time and time again. Like, but when it's a whole, the plans have changed. Like shit like that, and then, and and he's got such a platform where he could. Where he can actually do a lot of good, but all he does is he does quite a lot of shitting on certain things he doesn't like or a certain company. And he's got there's a narrative when it comes to Meltzer. It's like whatever he says, a lot of people that follow him just kind of take his word for gospel. And it's like you need to understand that the platform you've got and the kind of shit that you can do. He's an influencer. Exactly, but yeah. In terms of what am I wanting? Nothing because honestly, it's. It's not something that I care that much about. Um, I take pretty much everything I read with read when it comes to rumours and stuff like, with a pinch of salt. And like I say, a lot of the time it comes true, but like, I don't. <sighs> no, it's not my cup of tea at all. Wrestling journalism is more carny than the wrestling is these days. It's just full of assholes who will battle you because they have sources but they won't reveal their sources um, but the thing about the revealing of the sources I used to have an issue with that but at the same time I think you need to realise that, that why they won't reveal a source because then that person will never tell you anything again if it turns out to be true or not true or they get shit from etc that's fair enough that is fair enough but see when they comes back and it turns out it's an absolute load of shite uh, that's where I think accountability needs to be held and be like, well, do you know what? I, it's not so much I made this up, but my source was wrong or I got it wrong. Sorry, shit happens. Don't just come up and say, oh, plans have changed. It's like, no, you know, mm-hmm. be a man. I just, I've got an active dislike towards it. I, whenever I see, you see Thursdays obviously are the worst because of the newsletter that comes out. But you click on all these links and it says, um, as per Wrestling Observer Newsletter or the radio, Alvarez said, so I don't give a fuck. I and, really and, don't and, give and a fuck so what they say. Yeah, and, I do that. And, and, and that's where it's also, I'm not going to sit and defend me or anything, but that's where some of his stuff gets interpreted differently. Like some people just take snippets and, and use that as a headline, and that's where it comes from. They're wanting clickbait articles, and well, Meltzer say this, and, and you see people saying, well, no, he really didn't go back and listen to what he's saying, because you can take a snippet of anything. And twist it any way you want. So a lot of people use some of the stuff that he says, twist it, and it's not actually what he said in the first place, or they just take a little tiny snippet and try and fit that into their narrative. 
So all, all in all, it's just a load of fucking bullshit. That could be said for the other way around as well. When wrestlers say one thing and it's part of a bigger interview or something. Yep. Um, so what do I want? Really want from wrestling journalism? Nothing. Uh, I want it to go away. I would like it actually to be kayfabe. I think that's, I'm hoping that's what this uh, Corey Graves podcast is going to be, where it's kind of like a news, WWE news show, but it's pure kayfabe. I can get behind that fully. Um, and I would also like this the same energy with which Eric Bischoff's firing from WWE was given, also given to the Kylie Ray situation, where Bischoff's people are like so happy, literally like gleeful to see Bischoff get fired. And trying to look under the hood to find the smallest detail for why he was fired and coming up with scenarios. But if you dare mention Kylie Ray's name, it's like, how dare you? This is a personal thing. Do you think it wasn't a personal for, personal for Bischoff who um, up sticks from Wyoming thousands of miles away then told, no, it's not actually working? So if you're going to fucking drag Bischoff over the coals, drag Kylie Ray over the coals as well, or do none, or do, don't do either of it. Or the guy that had cancer? Yes, that as well. No, I do agree, because that has been brought up a lot. I was just trying to think of a, the Bischoff one as well, because that was quite recent. Yeah, the thing is, right, I see people tweeting shit after the Roman thing. is like, we should be known as a publicly traded company and blah, 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 blah. No, you fucking dickhead. You're entitled to fucking nothing. You're not entitled to know what's going on in his private life. You're not entitled to anything like that. Mm-hmm. And and when people say, well, he should speak out because he's got such a big platform, he doesn't fucking need to do shit. And if he does, it's in his own time. Exactly. And it's a whole... When I saw people tweeting the rock saying, like, shit, oh, you're not even going to tweet out in support of Roman. What, what the, the fucking phones and text messages no longer exist. And uh, Nia Jax had tweeted out around that time as well. It was like, Meltzer... If you've got that information yeah. that you say you do, you're violating some, um, is it HIPAA? Um, you're breaking some violations, so f- shut your mouth. But And then fucking, um, who was it? Was it the Leukemia Twitter page that came after Meltzer as well? And it's not, I'm, again, I'm not going to shit Meltzer, but think about this. Kelly Ray left AEW and ended up in all fucking places. Impact. Mm-hmm. Of all the places. I couldn't care less what took place in her leaving AEW. Mm-hmm. Just don't care at one bit. Um, but yeah, there is a hypocrisy where people say, "Oh well, it's personal. You shouldn't get you dog. Don't worry about." It. But you've got no issues dragging up everything else, and it's just like, who gives a shit? Yep. Like fucking leave them alone. Ryan Satin had no problems saying that um, Sasha Banks was having a temper tantrum in a hotel lobby or a hotel uh, corridor. Uh, uh, in which, by all accounts, is fucking not true. And it's it's also a, a a look into someone's mental health. But Kylie Ray goes, "Oh, we can't talk about that." Fuck off! That's that's the hypocrisy that I can't be doing with. I just wish people would call out all the bullshit they see, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because I've said some real nice things about AAW. On a podcast, you have, and, on been, and I'm more than happy to and, ha- give you that platform every week. And but at the same time, I've, I've said there's some things that I don't like. And in terms of WWE, fucking, we call it the way it is. There's stuff that we don't like. I mean, let's like say, no longer watch Raw, read the results, 
I sometimes I forget to read the results, and it's only by going on Twitter I realise, oh fuck, I need to go on and see what happened. Uh, Smackdown, it's the same for a long, long time. Didn't watch it. Don't watch it live. Don't watch it the next day. I'll quickly scan through the results, scan through it, and see if there's anything I like. So it's not like we're WWE homers or anything. We just we call it bullshit whenever we see the bullshit, and there's a lot of bullshit happening in WWE, but there's also a lot of shit happening elsewhere. Between the Rusev. Lashley Lana thing, Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman, Cain Velasquez. I like and, that. Oh, fuck that. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez. There's I like that. The team racism versus team alcoholism. Fuck that. There's a hell of a lot of shit going on that I just can't be bothered with just now. My, th- my thumb is getting whiplash from how quickly it's, it's um, scrolling through the results pages these days. Tell, give me NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live. I will immerse myself fully in that. But the... Oh. The main roster's just getting harder and harder to stay invested in, you know what I mean? There are some shining lights in there. Oh, there is. There always will be, no matter what. The Battle of the Hispanics will be quite good, I think, Gun Raw. Yeah, yeah. All the stuff going on with Andrade. See, I can't wait till he gets his hands on that fucking Kareel. He's going to kill him. I've just wanted his hands on the gold. So badly. Andrade had his hands on the gold every night. Well, the title this time. The championship title. Like, oh, so much shit. But it was also so much good. I think I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was one of the messenger groups. Someone says that man, there's just there's just too much access to too much great wrestling for us to kind of be bogged down worrying about mm-hmm. some of the shit that's happening in WWE. Um, let's say it's OTT card this weekend looks sensational. ICW card in a couple of weeks just oh. just fucking uh, it's tremendous looking. Um, and this whole thing with Joe Coffey as well. Well, he won't he yep. be there. NXT and NXT UK still fucking killing it week in, week out. AEW starting to kill it as well week, uh, every single week. Um, you know, Wrestle Kingdom isn't too far away as well. Like, there's just there's so much. So, so much. And people are still crying about... What was it? There was a guy whose Twitter handle was actually I am a JD from NY guy. Uh, yes, he was, he was, that fucking idiot. He was only locking, caps locking his way through a, a tear-filled temper tantrum about Bray Wyatt losing a dark match. And then Give we'll him. tweet, we'll, uh, we'll say what my response was. And I've still got my wee story to tell as well, actually. I better get that ready. So, yeah, where are we? Where are we? West Bartonshire. Yes. Lovely place. Here he goes. So he goes. So apparently Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins had a dark, a dark match, a dark match after the show inside a steel cage, and Wyatt just lost clean. I hope Vince McMahon chokes on his fucking cereal tomorrow morning. First of all, how do you know he eats cereal? Aye, there's no chance he eats cereal. Have you seen those nah, guns? Fuck. Probably that guy doesn't fucking sleep. Chicken flakes or uh, something for his team. And then, and then in capital letters, you just buried the fucking fiend even more so than ever. Hashtag fuck WWE. So my reply, 
my reply was, bro, go have a wank and calm yourself down. <laughs> it was calm yourself down. <sighs> Fucking what an idiot. For Don't what? worry, son. I'll be joining you soon when I say fuck WWE and Seth Rollins beats Bray Wyatt again. <laughs> Forewarning: If you're going to cry about fake fighting, fake fighting, uh, to the point where you want someone to die, you're getting blocked. Oh, you're just a fucking idiot. That's what you are. A walloper. Fucking get a grip, you fucking walloper. <laughs> a absolute fucking ball bag. Anyway, let's move on to this final question of Rancy's. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, dear. Gonna get obscure. Rancy, you do know we w- don't get paid for this, don't you? <laughs> WWE versus the world. So he goes, top camps, no Brock. And he says the reason why Brock's not there is because he doesn't think he's going to show up. So he's replaced Brock with Roman. Rollins, Roman, Adam Cole, Walter, Leo Rush versus AEW's Jericho, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Okada, Ring of Honor's Rush, Impact slash TNA Cage, and NWA Nick Aldis. Survivor Series Elimination 5 versus 5. Who wins? How'd you book it? And why? How in God's name are you supposed to answer that? Right, so I don't know who would go out first, right? But in all honesty, the final three, I think for me, mm, it would be who? Roll, Seth, Roman, probably Adam Cole. Versus Jericho, Okada. I've always loved Nick Aldis, you know that. And you have, yes. You have. It's TNA and Magnus, like, oh, fuck. Just because I loved him so much, I'll go Nick Aldis, but I probably should go Rush, I think. No, I'm going to go Nick Aldis, since I'm such a fucking Magnus mark. That'll be my final three on three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magnus would go first <sighs> followed by I would say followed by Adam Cole so the final two come down to Mini Shield versus Jericho and Okada sorry Cole sorry Jericho's going so now we got two on one <laughs> <laughs> Okada and Rollins got a mini five minute match. Yep. Okada puts him out. I need to see Roman versus Okada. That's legit the face of the two biggest uh-huh. two two biggest wrestling companies in the world. I know people might say AEW, what about AEW or Tanahashi? Um Yeah. Roman and, and Okada. That's where I would go my final two. Well, <laughs> I went about it a different way from you. I didn't think of it as a an order of elimination and stuff like that, but there would be a few you face-offs. You want to know who would win it and why I would choose that person? Right. Okada wins. Um, With a rainmaker? Yes. Two. Why? 
Why does he win it? Who would the Rainmaker? Uh, Roman. He beats Roman. Roman and him are a final two. Um, <laughs> why? I still think he's the best wrestler in the world. I can't. Um, I, I can't really argue that a point at all. To be honest with you. Like, I know some people are going to say Osprey and some of the stuff Jericho's done and Cody, etc. It depends what you define as the best wrestler in the world. Um, yeah, I still think it's still Okada. Um, yeah, Okada versus Roman, give me that for about seven or eight minutes. I would have Okada win. No, no, there's no logic to it other than the fact that I think he's the best wrestler in the world and I want the... Sh- to showcase or to uh, to to make that point obvious by having him win such a star-studded match and him eliminating Seth and then Roman. Right, who would I? I don't know how I would do all the wins and stuff, but some face-offs I would like to see would be Leo Rush versus Rush because Rush versus Rush basically. Um, it's another face-off: Volta versus Jericho. Uh, where Volta says, "Who the fuck are you to slag my name off?" and literally chop, oh, just chops his chest further, uh, caves Jericho's chest in even more, uh, and the alcohol just bursts out of Jericho's pores. <laughs> Jericho's such a bastard, so he is. A I know that. He's an absolute bastard, but you can't you can't hate him. I know. You just can't fucking hate him. <laughs> he's looking. He's looking uh, pretty dreadful, though. No, I think, see, when you watch him, he looks fine. I, I don't know, like, because from the but, like, honestly, he looks fine. See, the last, but the last match. He's 50 years old, he's still, he's still capable of putting on good matches. Now, I'm not on as high as, on him as a lot of other people are, uh, in terms of the stuff he's producing in the ring. Um, he's obviously not what he was 10 years ago. No one is. No, 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 let's not, let's not um, make a big deal about that. I says I, I don't know. Like, some of these matches kind of look the same. A lot of these matches look the same in my mind. Well, the, the, and that's down to his age, etc. And I don't know. Right, but yeah, continue. The thing with Jericho is you're seeing good matches. The last Jericho match I saw was versus Omega at Double or Nothing, and I thought that was like pretty gash, to be honest with you. Uh, two or three glaring botches and just. In comparison to the match he had with Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, which was one of my favourite matches of the year, that was a quite a deterioration. So I'm just basing it off that. To be fair, uh, so no, but he, he's, he's had good matches in between. No, I wouldn't say great or anything. I just say good, good matches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it says he the one he had last week as well. Um, yeah, he's he's had some good matches and. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm not as high on him as everyone else, maybe, but I, I appreciate just what the fuck he's done this last year and how he's once again reinviting himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't take away from his character work and he's still got the catchphrases. He's just a dick. <laughs> like a lovable one. Uh-huh. Um, right, so Walter deals with Jericho and but then Cage comes in, if it's Brian Cage that I'm thinking of, that's a TNA champ uh, have you seen him before, Wrestle? 
Yes, yes, I have. Um, well, like sporadically, it's not some TNA isn't something that I go out my way to watch. You know, if Caleb tells me it was a good match or a good show, I'll go out and watch it. But other than that, I don't really go out my way to watch it the way Aye. you would with the TTE or anything like that. Well, I've not seen any of his Impact stuff, but the Lucha Underground, I'm pretty sure he is 90% composed of pure, like, unbreakdownable steroids. <laughs> but he is a monster, and I think he would take it to Volta, so that would be a horse-off I'd love to see. Um, but Volta deals with that one quite well. So that's 2-0 to WWE. Mm-hmm. And a shocking turn of events. They've got the upper hand early doors. Um, Walter w- walks over. Cole come, uh, Leo Rush comes in. And the, the wee arrogant wee shit that he is comes in and tags himself into the match. <laughs> Rush comes in. Uh, Rush comes in. They have a good back and forth with each other, but Rush gets the upper hand with a, a fancy Libre-style roll-up for Leo Rush to leave so that's 2-1 to WWE in comes Adam Cole and they have a face off Cole gets too big for his boots and he cheats to win this one so he does a, a something to cheat to win so that's 3-1 to WWE and then in comes Okada Aldis is not in the match at all because he's trying, too busy trying to get Camille to speak his insurance policy Um Adam Cole and Okada have a good face-off. That goes well. Okada... I've lost track of this. See, Rance, you're making me work for this one. Uh, Cole loses to Okada. In comes Reigns. Okada says not yet and tags in Aldis. Aldis comes in, they have a back and forth, but Reigns beats Aldis. So you're 4-2. Am I right there? Yep, four. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Who's left? Four one. That's quite one sided, doesn't it? <laughs> so far. Oh. So who got eliminated? Jericho. Jericho. Cage. You just you just eliminated Aldis as well. Jericho Cage and Aldis. And now it's uh, Rush and Okada that's left. Up against the rest of the five? No, uh, Leo Rush got taken out. Right. So you're left with... Uh, Okada says, not right now. Rush comes in and takes it to Rollins. Rollins, um, everyone, or he thinks he's the best in the world, but he's shown up by Rush. Rush gets the upper hand and wins. Then Volter comes in. He can't deal with the speediness of Rush, so he gets another roll up. <laughs> and now it's. I don't fucking know, I've lost all track of this. So now you've got Rush and Roman versus Okada. Uh, sorry. Um, Roman and. Roman and Seth's gone. Adam Cole. Adam Cole's still there. So you've got Roman and Cole versus Rush and. Rush and. Uh, Okada. So it's two each. The big brawl breaks out. Um, Cole goes after Rush and Reigns goes after Okada. Then, oh my god, this is falling apart so quickly. So who wins? Just just get to that point. Right. 
Well, let's just say then that Roman Reigns runs a rope about 20 times before going for his spear. He does go for the spear, but Okada catches him with his beautiful, also beautiful transitions, spins Roman round for a big, massive rainmaker, and it's one, two, three, Okada wins. Professional wrestling beats sports entertainment, and Okada stands tall, and the camera zooms out, and the, the dollar bill, the yen bills fall from the sky, and the IWC rejoices. Okay. So basically, we have decided Okada reigns supreme because he's the best wrestler in the world. I, Period. I, that that would be the the headline: Okada reigns supreme. Ah, yep, yep. Um, I like that. Um. I mean, you got there eventually. <laughs> um, but yeah, bottom line, Okada is the one that had his arm raised at the end of the match. Yep. Definitely. Although, and another one, what you could do, another plot twist. It comes down to Jericho versus Seth and Roman. And then, as Jericho is about to eliminate one of them, Suddenly we hear Sierra Hotel India. Oh, I was just about to say that. Down comes Ambrose in the field outfit, triple power bomb, pin we pin Jericho, put the fist bump, and it turns out Ricky was right because it was a fucking what all along. And the show closes with Dean Ambrose, <laughs> Dean Ambrose writing in the air WWE. And just gets a picture of Tony Cannon and gives him two middle fingers. <laughs> it was a work. <laughs> so I worked the whole time. That was a loaded. Uh, sorry. It was a work the whole time. That's it. Um. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the questions. Some pretty decent questions, huh? Yes. Thank you, listeners and contributors to the show. This is yeah. this is your show as well. It's not really, but it is. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's not your show, guys. It's our show. Just you sit back and listen and enjoy. Uh huh. Listen like a good boy and girl, and fucking shut your mouth. <laughs> Jesus, what's wrong with you? These are all listeners. I know. They love They're it good though. People. They love the banter. They're good people. Some They're... of them. Oh, no, you said that, not me. Well, I mean, I could probably tell you who isn't. Before, uh, instead Hi, of... Hi, Caleb. <laughs> instead... <laughs> instead of doing that, do you want to do a quiz? Oh, did you get one done? Um, unless you want to talk about NXT or AEW um, I'm okay not to but if you want to because if anyone pays attention to our Twitter account I'm going to start doing a thing now because NXT falls right after our podcast drops it's literally the last it's the earliest thing of wrestling that happens before we record again so it's kind of at the back of my memory However, feel free to check out every Thursday there will be an NXT Twitter review thread 
Um, scroll through our... We don't tweet that often, so scroll through. You'll find it from last Thursday. Uh, nine, ten tweets long, giving a wee review of NXT. We were going to do one for AEW, but you didn't this week, did you? No. Forgot. That's all right. Forgot and, forgot and I never actually got around to watching it until it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. But we, we do endeavour to at least try and get some NXT and AEW Twitter reviews for you. So keep an eye out for them every Thursday or whenever we get to watch it. <laughs> no, like I said, it was just because I was off work all of last week and it was time to spend with the family so I couldn't exactly sit I didn't watch much wrestling last week at all I didn't listen to any podcasts or nothing really um, in fact it was the first time I missed out on a lot of podcasts last week uh, but yeah back to work this week so we'll be watching both AEW and NXT look forward to both shows today actually well tomorrow Mm -hmm. should be good shows definitely Um, yeah so I'll have to move on if you want I've only got 8 questions for the question right enough that's alright 8's a magic number anyway so let's go for it when earth is 8 a magic number since now it's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Okay, okay. Right. Hit me. Here we go. Question number one. What's the theme? Any theme at all? Nah, it's just all random. <laughs> Bear in mind, this was done at 20 past 8, and we started, we came on here to talk, at like quarter to 9. That's um, question number one. Kurt Angle win his one and only tag titles with who? Uh, Mr. Pixelface himself. Correct. Or redacted, or, question Vold- number two. or Voldemort, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> he was fucking great in the ring though I know we don't really talk about it anymore but whatever but for obvious reasons but in ring ability fucking hell oh, um, oh I know question number two did Mick Foley win the tag titles with Kane or The Rock more oh with which with which, with which individual did he win tag titles more with? That's a very good question, and I've got <laughs> obviously I've got two answers. <laughs> uh, and I know you like to throw a wee trick question in there, so I'm going to say it was equal. It was with the Rock. Ah, that was my second option. With three reigns and Kane had two. Question number three. On which brand did Seamus make his debut? ECW. Correct. I could have said, like, Raw because he was on Raw as a security guard and Triple H pedigree them, but no. Um, question number four. Adam Cole's debut NXT match was against who? Oh, 
Adam Cole's debut. <sighs> Fuck knows. You see three. Was he the company at that point, was he? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Does he? Don't know. No, I don't think he was. No, he wasn't. He came after. Only Lorcan. Eric Young. Uh, I was close. <laughs> okay, though. Question number five. Yep. Judgment Day 2009. Edge defeated who to retain his World Heavyweight title? Now, this was around the time when I was fading away from it. But it's Edge, so, you know. Right. 2009. Uh, was it Cena? Uh-uh. Jericho? No, I'll give you one more guess. Jeffrey? Correct. Jeff Hardy himself. Mr. Intoxicated. Yep. Get help, son, get help. Uh-huh. In the first ever Money in the Bank pay-per-view, right, who won the first Money in the Bank match? I believe it was Kane. Pay-per-view. Correct. Who won the second later on that evening? Question number seven, that is. Oh, Jesus. Um... Twenty ten. Edge. Rob. Pardon. <laughs> <laughs> He's currently uh, an active member of the Raw roster. Yes. Um, I haven't got a Scooby-Doo, I'm afraid. The Miz. Huh. Right, question number eight, and the final question. You know I like to end them on a on a doozer. <laughs> a good old-fashioned doozer. <laughs> when Undertaker returned at Judgment Day, I think it was, remember when he t- returned as Biker-Taker? Oh, oh yes. He returned you on the Rock and Triple H match. What was the score when Undertaker returned or made his entrance? Five each. Correct. And that's where it finished. Then it was six five at the end with the uh, trips. Yep. Yep. So you got. Oops. Let me see that. So we got, let me see. One, two, three, four, five out of eight. Better than 50%. That is. I'm quite chuffed with the five each at the end there. That was good. Yeah, that was quite good. Thank you for doing the quiz at the last minute. Got to, uh, got to keep up appearances. Well... It's just like I say, we've been busy these last couple of weeks, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much once again for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, which is on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, alongside other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Get In The Ring, and All Things Elite. Please give us a five star or six if you can change your phone. Um, six star review on your podcast app of choice. If you go to socialsuplex.com, you can also get those podcasts sent directly to your email inbox by pressing the subscribe button. The Facebook Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group is where you can find us all. And we personally are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. Uh, please go to powerslam.tv on your computer, not a phone. Put in the promo code Social Suplex to get over 6,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the world, free for a month. And go to prowrestlingtees.net Social Suplex page where you can find some Social Suplex t-shirts and Pro Wrestling Tees get many, many um, discounts, offers holiday weekend stuff like that so keep an eye out for the 20% discounts that they re- regularly do uh, I think funny you say that uh, Pro Wrestling Tees has 10 days of Black Friday beginning 22nd of November to the 1st of De- uh, sorry 22nd of November to the 1st of December no coupons needed any orders first day get free wrestling collectibles any order over $100 get a free autographed 8 by 10 by a wrestling superstar. Any order over $150 get free domestic USA shipping. So then a number of other things. Pretty, pretty good time, isn't it? Aye, pretty good um, recounting as well. <laughs> oh, I mean, um, Jeremy just sent something into the group, so... I see. Right. So, I've not got a joke for you. All right. But I've got a story that you know the story. Uh, I promised last week that I would share a story about a, a Twitter DM exchange with a, someone within the WWE superstar umbrella. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. An exclusive for you. This is what you call wrestling journalism right here. A while ago, uh, it's actually got dated here the 25th of July, 2019. A Mr. Former NXT UK Tag Team Champion, James Drake. He is quite a character on Twitter and posted a picture of him in a, a gym working out, completely bald. So I tagged in Murray saying, tut tut, I'll need to change my tattoo now. Making out that I've got a tattoo of James Drake because I'm a bit of a mark for him. Uh, James Drake slid, baseball slide drop kicked himself right into our DMs shortly thereafter, and I mean minutes after, in a massive panic because... He said, hey mate, just got your message I've got an app, please don't get a bald me tattoo Ha 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 So, he must have one of those face changing apps So he panicked, I said, thank god Seconds after I sent it, I had a feeling it was all a ruse I might get a bald you tattoo just for a laugh And he said, do it you coward And I said, I'll get it done And then I'll get front row seats next time NXT UK is in Glasgow Plead for your attention, then sue you for emotional damages and he put back, I'll grab you and lick your face live on the network. <laughs> and I just replied with the... I just replied with the, the gif of Jack Nicholson nodding emphatically. And that was the end of the exchange. So, 
James Drake is busy mates with the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. How jealous are you all? <laughs> oh, I fucking love James Drake. I know. Anything you want to say before we go? Um, no, 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 no. Except I will have an AEW thread at some point tomorrow, maybe. Um, on Twitter as well. Um, I think that is about it. We've got some. Hopefully, we've got a few plans for later on this year and maybe early next year. You know, we'll try to iron out a few of the details and then we'll let people know what we've got planned. Yep, they're looking. We're looking to bring some fun into your December slash start of January and with some possible changes to content over the course of 2K20 um, glitch free hopefully as well but we'll get to that later on, did you like that one there? Hopefully with, yeah, glitch free I liked it hopefully though um, uh, it's not going to be less blowjobs in our life like you know, we don't want, we don't want to fix that <laughs> we want that fixed in a game though I couldn't give a fuck about the game. I've not watched a wrestling game in what over a decade. I know. That's uh, that's another one of the calm down and calm down and go have a wank numbers, isn't it? I know. For fuck's sake, FIFA was ruined as well. Like it's not just it's not just WWE. It's just I think they just don't give a fuck. Uh, it's EA Sports as well. Don't blame WWE for that. No, it was their 2K EA Sports just as a fucking farce what they've done with FIFA. But they finally released an update and it's working and I'm happy. There you go. Have faith in EA Sports. It's in the game. Right, ladies and gentlemen. In bo- terms of 2K, fuck goes. Boys and girls, children of all ages, uh, and marks, take care. Allah bless you and enjoy yourselves. Oh, before we go... Do you know what we maybe want to tell the people where we're going to be next Thursday? Or should we do that next week? You told them last week, but feel free to refresh their memories. You tell them this time then. I am making my return to the show, and as far as I'm aware, Ricky is making his grand debut, and we will be on Lords of Pain Radio's Implications show. Um, Implications. That's it. What? A live review of Crown Jewel. Uh, no, he's 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 getting his own because he doesn't want to talk about Crown Jewel. I know, but then then we'll surprise him and be like, right, Crown Jewel's on. Let's review it right now as it's uh-huh. happening. See, uh, fuck, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> just say it. It's just to do with Ric Flair um, doing stuff that would probably get him get his hands chopped off in that country. He's fucked because he's not going to get a fucking drink over there. He's not going to have a baby. He's fucked over there. I know. Hopefully Crown Prince gets a hold of him. <laughs> and it is Halloween, maybe he could dress up as a journalist. Oh, Lord! Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, fuck Ric Flair. Should I cut that out? Fuck Ric Flair, that's all I'm saying. I fucking hate him. Right, okay, let's go before we get taken off here. That's it. Right, take care, folks. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.